welcome to the Curious About Nature podcast. Today we have Anna de la Vega, the director and founder of Urban Worm. Hello, Anna. Hello, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on and really looking forward to talking to you about worm farming today. But before Good. we get into that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, so I started off, studied as a photojournalist. Then I travelled to Nepal to do an internship with the Kathmandu Post, actually. And uh, I learnt all about regenerative agriculture and appropriate technology, which is what worm farming is. It's a low technology that doesn't require any machinery, just human labour. So when I returned back to the UK, I actually decided to restudy and I studied human security and environmental change. And then after that, I set up the urban worm after graduating, after my eyes being open to the fragility of the soil and the impact that industrial agriculture was having and learning through my course and seeing other research projects that vermiculture, which is the academic worm for worm farming, was a really good method for providing a source of alternative synthetic fertilizers and organic fertilizer and waste management because worms can eat up to half their body weight a day. So if it's natural, the worms can eat it. So that's the story. So you start to touch on there why we need worm farming in a sort of simple terms. Why is it important? Soil is life and worm manure is soil, grade A quality soil. Um, worm manure contains all 14 nutrients that plants need to thrive, including natural insect repellent. And obviously we need healthy soil to produce healthy plants for healthy people. So the state of our soil and fields are, are in a dire situation. We've lost 83% of nutrients in our soil since 1850 which is the beginning of, well, in the UK, our first synthetic fertiliser company. So this is a way that we can worm compost at home, produce our own fertiliser, but also there's this big potential on an industrial scale to manage organic waste with worms. Anything from horse poo to dog poo to your tomatoes to carrot tops, if it's organic, the worms will eat it and clean it. So how does the worm manure feed plants then? So it's full of microorganisms. So there's more microorganisms in a tablespoon of worm manure than there are humans on the planet. And it's actually microorganism poo that releases the nutrients. So there's a huge soil food web going on down, down there. The soil is alive. So it's lots of little organisms working together that releases nutrients and the worm is the vessel for that. Yeah, it's, it's such an amazing creature, isn't it? When you mm -hmm. think about it and what it does. Absolutely. And they just clean so, whatever passes through their body becomes clean. So they clean dog waste. So you can use that on your house plants or your non-edibles. You don't advise to use it on edibles, but whatever passes through their body is clean because they have nematodes in their gut. So they are yeah. very useful for us. And you can worm compost in a very tiny space. So you don't need a garden. You can have worms in a little 10 litre bucket under your kitchen sink. So it's for everyone. It's, for, it's very inclusive. So if my family wanted to get started with uh, mm -hmm. worm farming, have you got any tips that you could suggest? Yes, easy. You need a, a plastic bucket is the best way to start. I do if you've got two plastic buckets, I've actually got guides on our website under the guides heading so people can d DIY at home. So worms require oxygen. So we need some air, air, air holes if you're doing a plastic bucket we need a good flow of oxygen and drainage because food waste can be quite moist so as long as you've got some drainage and some ventilation and a dark place because worms don't like the light they're very light sensitive and they don't like vibrations as well so if you can be really quiet they'll be a lot happier worms can eat up to half their body weight a day 
So if you start off with 100 grams, which is what you can apply for through the 1000 Worm Farmers project, you'd want to be feeding that about 25 to 50 grams of food waste a day when conditions are optimal. So your tea bags, your kitchen scraps, they'll even eat cooked food as well, which you can't typically put cooked food in your compost bin because it attracts rodents. But this is a, a solution, um, particularly for urban environments. Some people don't have a lot of space, don't need a garden. There's no yeah, excuses. Absolutely. Everyone can have a yeah. worm farm. I think it's even for dog owners as well, isn't it? In the sense absolutely, if you've got a backyard and the dog goes out there to do its business, um, yep. you can then clean up after it and absolutely. Drop it in your, um, feed it to your worms, absolutely. which more environmentally um, friendly. Absolutely, it's better than it rotting, yes, in the yeah. summer, in the heat. So the worms will tidy that up for us. Tell us a little bit more about the project you've been working on. We recently had some funding from a project called 1000 Worm Farmers from the National Lottery Reaching Communities Fund. So we have a thousand packs of 100 grams of worms to gift to anyone who makes a worm farm and uploads it onto our website. So we've made some videos that show you how to make a worm farm out of an old set of plastic drawers, a swing bin, some plastic containers and even a bag for life. So it's really low budget, accessible for everyone. So we've had, had over 900 applications now. So schools, community organisations, businesses that just want to start so it's not a huge amount of worms, but it's enough to get started, especially as worms can double their population every 60 days. Your little squirm can soon grow. So I was just curious about capacity in terms of like how much space they need then. So if they are reproducing, would you need to rehome some of them? Well, yeah. actually, worms for waste management purposes on an industrial scale, worms are happy a kilo per square foot. So they don't need a huge amount of space. They like being together. They like to cuddle up together. But about a 10 litre bucket is a good place to start with 100 grams of worms. And then as your squirm grows, you can gift them to your friends and family and neighbours. It can grow. So they reproduce very quickly because they're hermaphrodites. So they're male and female, but they do need another worm to mate with. And then they both lay cocoons. And I think 15 is the highest number of babies that have been recorded in one cocoon. They can reproduce quite quickly. Yeah, yeah it's just amazing, isn't it? So this is obviously a great activity for families to do to mm -hmm. help children connect with nature. I've, I've seen some of your videos on your websites of families creating their first DIY wormeries mm -hmm. and so on. How would you go about introducing children to worm farming? Just get a bucket, apply for some worms rather than going digging in your garden. Garden worms are not suitable for worm composting. Garden worms are deep burrowing. Composting worms are surface dwelling, so they thrive in fresh organic matter. It's just something that I think people just don't get involved in. I, yeah. I think we've got this rather bit of a disconnect with, especially when it comes to things around the ground, what's underneath mm -hmm. the feet and soil. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me this is just the perfect way to connect children with nature. Absolutely. Understand where our food comes from and, and, and how we've got to look after the soil. Yes. So what's your favourite worm fact? Worms have <laughs> got five hearts. I like that one. They've got a lot of love for us and we need to have a lot of love for them. I like that one. Cleopatra <laughs> was the first worm worshipper and it was a crime to kill or export an earthworm. Crime punishable by death for fear of offending the god of fertility. And now the Nile Valley is the most fertile tract of land in the world. So she knew what she, she was doing. A bit harsh, but that's probably one of my favourite ones. And they can move nine times their body weight. It's a good one. They're very strong. They look very, very fragile, but they're actually very, very mighty. If you cut a worm in two, it doesn't become 
two worms, just to let your listeners know that that's a myth. So when we see these tractors cutting through the soil, we're cutting through all the little organisms down there. So this is a huge problem. Yes, they don't become two worms, but if the tail gets chopped off a little bit, a little centimetre, they can grow back. But if it's cut off next to the saddle on the worm, the bulb, that's where that's where the hearts are. And that's when you know that a worm is an adult and ready to reproduce. So if it gets cut off too close to that, it'll die. So just so people know, they don't go cutting worms in half. So you've talked a little bit about urban worm and the worms that you offer to the public. What, mm-hmm. what else are you offering at the moment? So we offer workshops, we work with schools, community organisations, and we also work with businesses as well. We installed four industrial worm farms, which we actually convert wheelie bins into worm farms. We've designed parts to do that, particularly for the urban environment when people don't have space. So rather than put it in the bin, you can put it in your wheelie bin. So we installed four industrial wheelie bin worm farms at Stanford Hall Military Rehabilitation Hospital in Loughborough and and they are using the waste from their canteen to put in the worm farm. And then that'll be used on site as well. And within their horticultural therapy programs. Wagamamas use our worm farms. Yeah, on a big scale from small, tiny community projects to industrial projects as well. So we're here to support anyone that wants to compost with worms. Yeah, what a brilliant offer. What you're doing is amazing. I really, yeah. I really do love it. We've spoken previously, my husband got really interested in wormeries and then just didn't do the next stage, which was to get the worms. At the moment, we industrial wormery rather than a homemade one. So my daughter's asked, can we make one this Easter? Just to get her used to understanding about food waste and, and yeah. feeding the worms and looking after relationship with food. It's really great. She's only six and she looked at the videos and understood what you were talking about. Perfect. I'm looking out for your application they're very low maintenance so if you go away for a few weeks you don't have to worry about your pets just feed them with extra food they love melon so if you want to treat your worms they absolutely Mm. love melon so top tip is there anything that we shouldn't feed worms so we don't want to put oily food in there they don't like acidity so you don't want to put lemons obviously citrus fruit and onions they're okay with the onion skins but keep a full onion out yeah there's a few things they they don't like but pretty much anything else goes i'd advise to leave meat out of the worm farm just just because of the fly infestation problem can you recommend any sort of learning resources or documentaries that you think people should watch on soil health obviously kiss the ground really inspiring and gives us hope Mm. as well it's a great documentary there's actually i haven't seen it yet there's a film i'm coming out my friend managed to watch the premiere a documentary about bandana shiva she's amazing she's just does everything so organic seed sovereignty in Mm. in india she's fighting the big guys for a, a long time and the documentary's just come out about her life so that's a good one Rhonda sherman she's great but that's more of an industrial scale she's the the worm farm handbook is a great resource for anyone who wants to start worm farming on any scale the the best thing is to watch kiss the ground for Um, sure yeah we we watched that last year for the first time and yeah watched it a couple of times since we need this kind of stuff on national television or the fear of ecological collapse is is scary for children when you learn that there are solutions there's enough things to worry about in the world we don't need to be worrying about nature because it's powerful and everything can be repaired. That's what I like about the drawdown challenge yep. and what they've put together, because it is about solutions to yep. problems absolutely. rather than focusing on just the problem. Absolutely, absolutely. And these solutions can bring communities together. 
you know, community composting projects. That's something that mm. we're looking at the Urban Worm next year is putting in some funding in to support communities to establish community worm composting sites so we can all do it together. Your company's already doing that and the amount of worms that you've already given away is amazing. It was supposed to be, it was funded until 2023 so we will probably reach our target in the first year so it's been a success a real success so it's great it's really good so what's next for the urban worm so we're moving to a new site it's called eco farm community care farm there's a forest school base there the wild wool shepherd mm -hmm. she's based there as well there's men in sheds so it's a community based on a farm running different enterprises yeah it's really exciting so we'll be able to host workshops We'll be looking to host Train the Trainer Days. So I do a lot of workshops and rather than me travel everywhere, we now have somewhere where people can come and learn. So we'll train the trainer, bring in community leaders and we'll show them how to build worm farms and look after worms and then take that back to their community. So it's really good to be able to have somewhere where we can host people and deliver workshops to the masses rather than driving around, especially with the price of fuel. It's, it's uh, scary. This is why worm farming and vermiculture is really important. And with the price of um, synthetic fertilizers going through the roof, this is going to have an economic effect. Well, it is having an economic effect. It's scary. But again, there are solutions and this process is embraced. We can all be eating healthier as well. So maybe it's a good thing. It'll push us to, to find another way. Yeah, I hope so. It would be great to see positive coming out of what's currently happening. Yes, wouldn't it, absolutely. That? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It sounds like your new venue space, your new business space is going to be absolutely fantastic for yes. bringing groups together. And there's together. a coffee shop as well and a hairdresser and a masseur, is that a masseur and a chocolatier as well is based there. So yes, an interesting um, place. So I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant. I wish you all the best with that. It's Thank been a real you. pleasure talking to you and having you on to talk about the urban worm. For anyone who's listening, please do go and check out Anna's website. Do you want to share your web address? Yeah, it's theurbanworm.co.uk and there's a 1000 Worm Farmers project button on the on the front page and Instagram, the underscore urban underscore worm. And Facebook is the Urban Worm UK. And we do have a Twitter, but we're not very good at Twitter. I don't I don't really <laughs> use it very often. So I won't give you that. It's not probably the best place to find us. So yes, and the website. So if anyone wants to send me an email as well, Anna at theurbanworm.co.uk, interested in community projects or how we can support you. Um, yes, I'm waiting for your email. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Please do get in touch with Anna and let's see everyone um, getting involved in worm farming. Thank you. Lovely. Again. Thank you very much, Rachel. Bye-bye.